This is your Classical Break, your daily dose of classical music. I'm Tyler Alderson, and today we'll be listening to a Vivaldi chamber concerto. This isn't quite like most concertos, in that there isn't a clear distinction between the soloists and the orchestra. There's still that back-and-forth feeling, with changes in texture and instrumentation giving a sense of the solo and everybody bits. But it's all within the same ensemble. In this case, the ensemble is made up of flute, oboe, bassoon, violin, and then a continuo of harpsichord and cello. This is called a chamber concerto, in part because it's a work for a chamber group. This would be a smaller group, something you could fit into a more private room or chamber. But it's also a way to distinguish it from another similar kind of concerto, the concerto da chiesa, or church concerto, that was meant to be played, you guessed it, in a church. And it speaks to the ways in which music was changing and developing into the classical styles that we know today. A lot of purely instrumental music before the Baroque era would have been based around vocal music, either simple arrangements of popular songs or transcriptions of more complex choral pieces for a particular group of instruments. There was also a fair bit of dance music out there, but it wasn't necessarily taken particularly seriously, much in the same way that people don't think of the music you'd hear in a nightclub as serious music. Furthermore, the most significant patron when it came to composers and larger ensembles was the church. So much of the, quote, serious music made was of a sacred nature. But some monarchs, like Louis XIV of France, started investing heavily in the arts, promoting themselves not only as great political and military minds, but also great patrons of serious artistic endeavors. And at the same time, large-scale secular music forms like opera and ballet were becoming hugely popular with audiences around the continent. The scene was ripe for instrumental music beyond dance music and arrangements of vocal music to become even more popular. And the Baroque era is also when we start seeing some very familiar instruments become popular. The violins, violas, cellos, and basses that we have today are, by and large, what developed in the 1600s. And in fact, Stradivarius, who's probably the most well-known and highly regarded violin maker, was active around the same time as Vivaldi in the late 17th and early 18th centuries. You might not have heard of a sham, but you've definitely heard of its descendant, the oboe also developed in the 17th century, just like its cousin, the bassoon. The side-blown flute was also spreading rapidly throughout Europe, and all of these instruments were picked up by professionals and amateurs, and they created a market for secular instrumental music, especially for smaller ensembles. This was even true of those royals and nobles who were funding the arts. It might sound silly to hear of an absolute monarch dancing in a ballet or playing the flute, but that's exactly what many of them did. And they needed people to write that music for them, which is where the court composer came in. Vivaldi stood somewhere in between the sacred and the secular worlds. He was never a court composer, and he was actually an ordained priest. But he did a fair bit of work on commission for others, including some very high-up people. The concerto itself has the same standard three-movement, fast-slow-fast structure that you'll hear in a lot of Vivaldi's concertos. The passages that would have been given to the solo group are instead spread around the ensemble, giving each instrument a moment to shine. Here's the Gardner Chamber Orchestra with Vivaldi's La Pastorella Chamber Concerto. Thank you. 
The concerto's title, La Pastorella, suggests a rustic feel, and you can definitely tell that throughout. There are some very danceable moments in there. Thanks to the Gardner Chamber Orchestra for putting that up on museopen.org. And thank you for listening. If you have the chance, please rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're getting it. I'm Tyler Alderson, and tomorrow for your classical break, we'll be listening to two elegaic melodies by Grieg. I'll see you then.